right. Well, I'm super excited to see all of you guys here. Super excited to be here. We've got a couple changes for this week. I would like to just say Alex is not here with us. He is in Israel right now um, with my dad. He's coming back tomorrow. So our guest speaker drove... I'm not even kidding. He found out Alex wasn't going to be here this weekend. This is my cousin from New York. Um, He found out Alex wasn't going to be here, and he was like, all right, I'm going to make it happen. I'll be there. And so he got done trucking, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday morning. He came home from trucking, his job on Saturday morning. Um, I'm assuming you rested for the day. And then he drove out Saturday night. He drove in this morning at 6 a.m., I believe. Um, Drove in, slept a couple hours, and he's here to share the word of God with us today. And we're super excited to have him. His name is Dimitri Yardima. He's from New York. This is my cousin. He's going to be speaking to us tonight. So we're just going to go ahead and welcome him up here. Thank you, thank you. I love coming here. It's not my first time. I've been here a few times. And me driving down here, I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna lie. I was like, Yeah, Cincy, you know, can't wait to hear what the Holy Spirit gotta say to Alex. I'm like, oh wait, snap, I'm speaking. <laughs> let's go, let's see what the Holy Spirit gotta say through me. All right. So before I start, I wanna do a quick prayer. So if you don't mind bowing your heads. Lord, bless the sermon that you have prepared for us, uh, uh, for the ears to hear, for the hearts to rejoice, Gospod, for this place to be filled with the Holy Spirit as the words are spoken, Gospod, that the words that are spoken are not just the words of the, um, this world and not my own words, but the words of the Holy Spirit and filled with life. In your holy name I pray, amen. But yep, so if you guys noticed, I'm repping Cincy, you got, I got you guys a sweater on, you know? Yep, yep. So... I love that, um, like Angelina said, kingdom looks like family. You guys got to put it on the back of this sweater. I love it. It was stuck in my head. And family, you're never alone with family. So what I titled my sermon um, is, You're Not Alone in the Kingdom of God. Because... Uh, in the beginning of time, God started creating everything, right? So as he's creating, he's looking at it, he's like, oh, that's good. He's, that's good. That's good. And he comes to man, and in the verses, um, Genesis 2.18, it says, The Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make us um, help, helper suitable for him. So he's doing all this, and he's looking, he's like, oh, that's good. That's good. And he looks at man, and he goes, nah, 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 nah. That's not good to be alone. He needs a woman. All right, I'm going to get you a woman. He gets him a woman. They become husband and wife. They start having a family. You know, they start getting, being a family in the kingdom of God. But, of course, we know the story. They get kicked out, like, all this and that. But he, they become a family. They become having one another. And God noticed that all the way from beginning. So when we strive in the kingdom of God, we get, that's why, I like, um, I, I, uh, I love the root, well, word rooted in the church because when you're rooted in the church, you got the support from others, people who are having the same faith that you have. We become one. We become a family. And it's just a lot of us, like, when we think of trees, you know, we see the roots. We uh, see the whole tree and on our own. But I love this. Um, these trees in California to Oregon, they're called the Redwoods. They're like the tallest trees in the world that I've heard. And the thing that's different from them besides their huge height is their roots, they're shallow. You know, they don't go deeply into the ground, which is pretty different from other trees. If they stood on their own, a little breeze would knock that huge tree over. So what, what um, their roots do is actually intertwine with each other. So um, the support from each and every other uh, redwood is what keeps each other, um, them up. 
and the support from others is uh, what keeps them up. And we know in Romans, um, P, uh, Paul, he gets to Rome. He starts speaking to him. And in Rome, uh, Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 11 through 12, he speaks to him and says, I long to see you so that I, I may um, import to you some spiritual gifts to make you strong. That is that you may, uh, you and I may um, mutually encourage and be um, each other's uh, in each other's faith. Paul got to Rome and he knew that he wanted to give them spiritual gifts. He wanted to them to receive the gifts of the Spirit, but he also knew those of the same faith could encourage each other. He knew if they had the same faith, they could help him through the tough times that he has, that the, um, them becoming like a family, um, they uplift each other, not just him coming there and um, helping them receive the gifts of the Spirit, but them to help him keep um, speaking the, uh, his mission, his word that God has placed on, um, onto him. So, you know, when we become part of a church, we come to service, and we listen to the word. And then after this, I know you guys like to go eat your chicken wings, so you guys leave the church. But when you leave the service after Sunday night service or something, you don't leave the church behind. The church just actually goes with you. The family comes along with you. Um, you're, no, you're not alone. In First Corinthians, um, verse, uh, I mean, chapter 3, verse 16, it speaks. Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you, in your midst? I'm sorry, um, in your midst. So here it speaks as us as God's temple. And as a temple, we know it's a place that you could go and um, go and worship, you know, praise, which a temple could also be translated as a church. So we are the church. So this building is this a building. Until we walk in and create a church, the building doesn't make up the church. The members of the church is what uh, makes um, the building the church. You know what I'm saying? So as we leave, the church is walking with us. So no matter where we go, no matter where we go uh, fellowship together, that is the church. Uh, We had a speaker at our church not too long ago, um, a missionary from Kenya, and he was uh, showing pictures. And he goes, oh, I don't know if you guys know this church is a little brown with a little green. And he's pointing at a tree. That was their church. They, for service, go outside. They find the biggest tree with the biggest shade and sit under it and have service. So no matter where we are, we could be in somebody's house. We could be at the park. We could be in a school, outside, no matter, in a, under a tree. And that becomes a church when we are there worshiping the Lord. And we become a family, you know, like family is big, you know. Uh, we love each other. We support each other. But don't get me wrong, we drive each other crazy. We don't allow each other to get comfortable, right? But as soon as you want to, like, sit back on the couch, take a nap or something, say, hey, do the, do the dishes. You do the dishes, you about to lay down. Hey, fold the laundry. All right, you fold the laundry, you go back, you say, hey, got to go do the garden. Oh, is that just a Slavic thing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, yeah. The family is there to support us, right, in the times of weakness, in the times of, like, hardships. But they also, they help us grow. They don't want us, we don't want to get comfortable where we are. We want to grow in the kingdom of God. And I actually have a story about this. Um, a few weeks ago, Angelina and their family, they came up because our uh, grandma passed away. Uh, and 
again, I just come off the trip from trucking. I get like two hours of sleep, and I come to service. I'm sitting there, and they're preparing like how the service is gonna go. And the pastor, my mom, look at me. They're like, "You're gonna say a word," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like I didn't prepare nothing." Like, I didn't think I was speaking anything. I'm like, no, no, no. And Angelina's dad is sitting there. He, like, looks at me. And I'm like, what? And he stands up and, like, looks at me. I'm like, you want me to say a word? And he kind of, like, gives me, like, this, like, no, I don't want you to say a word. You are saying a word. So right there it shows, like, family, they make you uncomfortable. They take you out of your comfort zone. So I took, like, I'm like, Alex, give me a pen. I took a try to sound some notes, five minutes. And I wasn't, like, the last speaker, too. I was the first one up. So I had, like, five minutes. So the Holy Spirit led, and I said my word. I don't know exactly what I said, but I know the Holy Spirit does good work. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. All right. <laughs> but, yeah. But we also, we start to, like, um, lean and fall. Like, you guys know the Leaning Tower Pisa? You guys know that tower that leans? You know, it, had, it wasn't made to lean. It, the reason it leans is because it's made on soft ground, right? So because of the soft ground, it starts to lean, and eventually people are saying that it's going to fall. And the reason, uh, the reason I bring this up is because in the kingdom of God, our spirit could be strong. We're built to uh, reach the heavens, you know? But our flesh is desiring the worldly desires. It wants, it's getting tempted by all these worldly things. And that's because our body is actually part of this world. It says in Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from dust, the ground and the breath, um, the ground and breath into his nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. In the text, it says the dust. And in Hebrew, that could be translated as afar. And in that translation, it could be um, that the dust could be also used as dry soil or be translated as earth. So through this, you can see that we're made out of earth. We're made out of the earth. We're made out of the ground. We are part of We are connected to this earth. So we are connected to the temptations that it has to, um, that's pulling us. Um, we're actually uh, made out of three things. We are made out of the body, the soul, and the spirit, right? So the body is the part that links us to the earth, and the spirit is actually the part that links, um, links us to the knowledge and the communication that we draw for God. We, uh, it draws us and it connects us to the spiritual world. And then our soul is that link between the material world and the spiritual world, that relation, the link between the relationship between our body and the spirit. So let's imagine uh, the tower, you know, again, the uh, Tower of Pisa. So we're looking at the structure. It's tall. It's strong. That's our spirit. We're reaching for the heaven. It's strong. You know, hallelujah. And then we look at the base. The base is connecting to the ground. It's um, planting to the um, earth. And that's, that's our soul. It's connecting to the ground, the earth. And then the earth is, um, is, is the part that connects us to the world, which is our body, right? So our... our um, our spirit is strong. It wants to grow. It's reaching for the heavens. But because we, our, our body is from this earth, from, from part of this earth, it's starting to lean. We could, like, lean. We start to lean towards those temptations. We start to lean. In, um, there's a story. I'm not going to read it completely, but if you guys want to read it, it's actually in Exodus 17, verses 8 through 13. It's a story about Moses. And as they're going, uh, they bump into... 
enemy, right? They're about to go at war. So uh, Moses is like, hey, grab the best man of Israel, go, and you got to fight them. I'm going to go up on this hill. So he goes up on this hill. He's watching watch the battle, you know, got his phone finger, hands raised up, like, hey, Israel. No, I'm kidding. But in reality, he has his staff in his hands. And he raises his hands. And as his hands are raised, uh, raised, Israel is winning the battle, right? She's like, yeah, Israel's going to win. But as time goes on, as the battle's going on, he's getting weaker. His body's falling. His hands are falling. And when his hands are going down lower, the Israels start to lose. So when his hands are down, the Israels are losing. He doesn't want to put his hands down. His spirit wants to keep him up, but his flesh is being weak. So what happens is um, Aaron and her, um, her, they slide a rock under him. They go on either side. They lift his hands up, and they're, they're his support. They're lifting his hands before him. And because of that, Israel, um, Israel wins the battle. That's when we come, become rooted in the church, when we become um, a community in that family, we uh, start to have that support as Aaron and her did for Moses. When we start to fall, when our body starts to become weakened for these worldly desires, they come and support us. Because our spirit is strong, we want to keep growing um, up to the heavens, we want to praise God, we want to do everything for his glorious name. But our um, body is getting tempted, it's falling, it's becoming weaker, just like the um, tower is leaning and going back to the redwoods, because of the um, intertwining of the roots, if one of them falls, it causes like a domino effect. So like, do, 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 a couple fall with it. So if we're rooted in the wrong community, we're rooted in the wrong family, they don't care if you're falling. They might even just come and join you, falling with you. But if you're rooted in the um, right community, the right family, the right church, if you start falling, those intertwining of the roots, they get tighter and they start pulling you back. They're like, uh-uh, homie, you ain't falling. Jesus loves you. I love you. Because in the church, God is our father, and we are your brothers and sisters, and we ain't letting you fall. You ain't getting that comfortable. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> because the flesh and the spirit... They battle together. They, they can't work together. So you can't walk by the flesh and walk by the spirit at the same time. In Galatians 5.17, it speaks, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so they are not to do whatever you want. Right here, it says they're in conflict. We know when something's at conflict with each other, it doesn't work. If you don't desire the same thing, it don't work. If you want one thing, the other person wants another thing, ain't going to work. I want chicken wings. You want a salad? Uh Uh-uh. Sorry. Go eat your salad somewhere else. I like my chicken wings. (laughs) But right here is proving that we can't walk in both lives. We can't walk by the flesh and the spirit because they conflict with each other. And then in Romans 8, 6, it speaks that the mind governed by the flesh is death, and the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Um, our flesh leads to death and destruction. Our spirit leads to life and grace. Because a lot of times when we um, read through the Bible, the word flesh comes up. And the word flesh um, starts to like signify our lifestyle of a, like a sinful lifestyle, a worldly um, lifestyle, you know? So through the flesh, it leads to death. It leads away from Christ. It leads away from God. But by the spirit, it leads towards him. It leads to life, eternal life the spiritual gifts, the peace that it has. We don't want death. We as a church, as a family, that's what we strive for life. 
We strive for that eternal life in the kingdom of God, to be in his presence, to worship him, to walk with him. I don't know, like, while I was writing this, I'm like, people help you, you know, the church helps you, like, when you need help, like, when you leave, they pray for you, and I'm thinking, I'm like, people aren't reliable, you give them a text, they don't text back, call them, they don't pick up, maybe they don't even call back, make a meeting, they come late, maybe cancel the last minute, you know, people can't be reliable, don't worry about it, you're still not alone. God is with you at all times. He loves you, and he's always there beside you from beginning to end. Because, fun fact, the uh, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the first architect to start building it, didn't write their name on it, didn't assign their name to it. Because he knew from the beginning that that tower is going to fail. It's starting to lean because of the soft ground. So he he or she didn't want to be part of it. The second architect who took over after put their name on it. God built us. From the beginning, he put his name on it. He's like, those are my children. I ain't leaving them. I love them. He doesn't turn his back on us. He loves us so much. When we started becoming sinful, when we started to walk the wrong path, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to us. He walked with us on this earth. He taught us. He mentored us. He showed us how to walk with Christ. Got that walk. You know, but he loved us so much. When the time came, Jesus went on to the cross and died for our sins. That's how much God loves us. He sent his only son to die for our sins. But he didn't say that. Nah. He rose up like, hey, I'm still walking. <laughs> Through that, he, he shows us. He's like, death doesn't have a hold on me. Death can't hold me down. And through that, he proves you are worshiping a living God. I can't die. He is not dead. God is living. Hallelujah. So he is there with us all the time. And then, you know, he goes to his disciples. He's showing off that he's alive. He's like, hey. And he goes and um, tells them in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, um, it reads, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 20, and teach them uh, to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always and to every end of the age. All right, let's start off backwards to uh, forward, all right? So verse 20, it's like towards the end it speaks. I am with you always to the very end of age, right? Everything I'm just telling you, you are not alone. God is with you. It says it right here in the name of, uh, with the own words of Jesus. He's saying, I'm going to be with you to the end of age. I ain't leaving you. I might be going to heaven, but I'm staying with you. I don't know if you guys heard the story, but it's kind of popular. There's a man and Jesus walking on the beach, right? And he looks, they look back. They see two pairs of footprints. They're walking. They're fellowshipping. They have a blast. The guy looks back. sees one pair of footprints. He says, oh, Jesus. Why'd you leave me? And Jesus is like, I didn't leave you. You got tired. So I lifted you up, and we kept moving forward. God, God doesn't leave us. He is our strength in our times of weakness. When we think we are falling, when we think uh, we are going away from God, when you think he's about to leave us, he doesn't. 
He becomes our strength. He lifts us up. He wants us to keep moving forward and uplift up to the heavens. He wants us to receive the gift of eternal life. He wants us to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we keep going, we go back up and uh, Jesus is talking about making disciples, you know. And a lot of people when you hear making disciples, we're like, oh, I don't think I could evangelize. That's not my thing. I could barely talk to my imaginary friend. Like, nah, I don't do that. Know what I got to tell you? When you start fellowshipping with God, when you start walking with him, you start to desire what he desires. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Hold up. I got to find this in my Bible. I didn't write it down on my paper. All right. It reads, this is the message we have heard from him and, the, and declare to you. God in, is light. In, uh, in him there is no darkness at all. If we, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live uh, out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. You know when you fellowship with each other, right? You get that desire. You get to know that person. You get to see their point of view. You start to kind of understand where they're coming from. You start to desire the same thing. You know, that's, that's why we get into the church, because we want to grow in our faith, right? We want to surround ourselves with the people with um, the same faith. Why do you think people join the gym? They want to get fit, so they surround people with the same um, mindset, the same idea. They want to get fit, so they join a gym. They don't go to McDonald's and chill around there like, hey, burger lifts. <laughs> nah, they ain't going to make you fit. Come on. So that's why they go to the gym, and that's why we join a church. That's why we get rooted into something like that, because the fellowship of others with the same faith encourages us to keep going forward and that encouraging us to fellowship with God. And as we fellowship with God, we start walking in the light, for he is the light. Right? And we start to see and understand what he wants for us. And he starts to show us the path he wants us to walk in. And then that light that we're walking in becomes part of us and it starts to glow out of us. So we're no longer some tree that's reaching out for the heavens, you know, in California. We're no tower that's reaching up, um, people come to see. We become a lighthouse because of that light that God has inside of us is starting to um spread out right it starts to go out into the world and people start to see it because when we're the lighthouse people on the world are they they're being blinded by the lies that this world has um, for them they are being tormented and lied to by these storms of lies out in this world and by being a lighthouse they see that they're like hold up he has something i don't so you don't even have to go out and evangelize. They see that by that light that you have with him, that walk that you have in Christ, and they start to come to you. They get drawn to you like a lighthouse. And then they realize that they're not alone in this world, that through God, these storms that they have, these lies, they could calm down, that they're with somebody at all time. They're with Jesus. They're walking with him. And when they think they're weak and fallen, he's there to lift them up and keep moving them forward. And then when they start to realize this and they start to become part of the family, when they start to get rooted, and then they start to fellowship with God, 
they start to build that light within and start to shine that light, and then they become lighthouses. Come on, that's how a revive starts. That's how people start to see each other. When one person is struggling, then sees it on the White House, they go, then they become a lighthouse, and somebody else sees that lighthouse comes and becomes that lighthouse. Another one, another one. It's got to get bright up in here. Yeah. God is good. We're not alone. Even in the um, most difficult times. Even when we try to, when we think no one cares about us. When we're home alone, no one's answering our texts. God's with you. Somebody's praying for you somewhere. Because God's placed on their hearts to pray for you. As a family, we pray for each other, right? So when you leave this church, doesn't mean the prayers stop. We keep praying for each other. So I'm going to wrap this up. I, um, I feel like I breezed through my sermon. But I love God. He loves you. We're a family, even though I'm from New York, you're from Cincinnati. We're connected. We're a kingdom under God. He is our Father. He is Abba, Father. So I just want to let you guys know, even when it feels like you're not being loved, you are being loved. So as we go to prayer, I just want you guys to know, if you're feeling weakness in your life, feeling struggle, you feel like your body, the earth, is having you lean a certain way, The altar is open all the time. So come up forward. We'll pray over you like a family, as a family. And we, together, will uplift each other and have some good wings afterward. <laughs> all right, so let's get a prayer. Let's stand up. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this service, oh, Lord, the ability to bring us together, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. For those who are feeling alone, God, Feel your presence, oh Lord. I want them to understand that you are with them, that your love is everlasting, that your strength is all powerful, that your name has authority over this world. Oh Lord, hallelujah. If anybody's feeling lonely or feeling like they're falling and they need uplifting, I pray, God, that you put, their, um, put it on their hearts, that they could come forward and we could show the love that you have for them. Because I know you live within me, God. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Your light blooms through me, God. For the strength that I have to stand up here, it's only through you, God. I could be comfortable in one of those seats out there, but no, you make me uncomfortable up here, and I praise you for it. Hallelujah. I am glad to be part of your family in your kingdom, O Lord. Hallelujah. For in you, God, there is light, and I walk in it for fellowship with you, to desire what you desire, to see the path that you have laid out for me. Hallelujah, God. I praise your holy name, God. Hallelujah, Tibet. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah to them. Revive Cincinnati, Gaspard. I bless them in your holy name. I pray over them, Gaspard. So as a family, they keep growing together. As a family, they keep stronger together. That as one starts to lean, the other one pushes them up, pulls them up, keeps them uplifted, Gaspard, so they could reach the heavens, so they could reach the gift of eternal life, so they could share the gifts of the Holy Spirit to others. Hallelujah to be. And as they walk out these doors, O oh Lord, that they could shine your light upon others, the others that don't even know about Revive Cincinnati, so they could see that light through them and join them, Gaspard, join them here in the Cincinnati, Gaspard, in the revival, so they could uplift each other, O oh Lord. And I pray this prayer in your holy name because Jesus Christ, your name has authority, has power. When thoughts in our head come to, to us and lie to us saying we're alone, that no one cares, your name is that power that we need to say, no, Jesus Christ is with us. He is not going to forsake me. He lifts me up in the time of weakness. Hallelujah. I praise you, O Lord. Thank you for this time, O Lord. Thank you for this glorious time. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for family and thank you for unity and thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you've opened up to us tonight. I just pray for the people in this room right now, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you teach us how to intercede for each other. Even when we're not near each other, we are the church, Lord, even when we leave this building. So teach us to stand in intercession for each other. Let breakthrough happen for others because of how we pray for them. Let freedom happen for others because of how we stand in intercession for them in the spiritual world. Mm. Jesus, we thank you for this family. like I got this picture um, of us like running and we're, we're all running we're running towards Jesus um, and when people see us running they're just like jumping on you know they're just like jumping in and running with us and so as we continue running towards him in this year we have been spoken over so many times this year is a year of being obsessed with who he is and what that looks like is running towards him no matter what not looking from side to side but people are just jumping on. <laughs> people are like, well, I don't know what's going on, but I want in. I want to run towards Jesus. I don't know who that Jesus is, but I want to get to know him. Because they're passionate. They're passionately running. They're not stopping. Something is happening. And I want to be a part of that. I want to get to know the Jesus they know. Hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus for a family of believers who's running towards your heart who just wants you who want to be obsessed with who you are 
to just spend time with you, to fellowship with you, to talk to you. And from that, Lord Jesus, everything else just overflows. God, Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for the word that you have spoken today to us. Thank you for the open hearts that received. Hmm. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we won't be stopped. We won't be shaken. I just proclaim boldness and courage right now in Jesus' name. Because we weren't stopped. We weren't meant to stop growing this family right here, Lord Jesus. We were meant to go and bring others into this family so that they know what it's like to know Jesus, to have a family of believers who are standing hand in hand for each other. So I thank you for boldness and courage tonight to go and bring others into this family. Not to grow a ministry, but to grow your kingdom. That's what our goal is. That's our heart's desire. Because just like they're looking at us and thinking, I want what they can't have, we need to have a heart that looks at them and thinks, they don't know what I know. So I'm obligated now to tell them. I don't have a choice any longer. You know the gospel. You know the truth. You know our good, good father. So you're called to invite others to know him as well. Thank you for a family that believes that. Thank you that that's part of your heart's desire. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so sweet to us. Just pray all this in your name. Amen.